Good morning. It is an honor for me to get to share with you this morning. I am um, quite expectant for this message. Uh, my name is Jen. I am one of the lay leaders here in this house. Um, I love this house. I am so blessed to be a part of Antioch Fullerton. So a little bit about me. We love to travel. We really enjoy finding a new place to go, deciding when to go, and then doing the research of like the top 10 things to do when we get there, getting excited about maybe some adventures that we'll have um, in this new place. And Brian, my husband, he has this like deep value for finding like just the right flight with just the right departure time and a workable arrival time and the least amount of travel time in between with hopefully no layovers. And I love that too. Um, I get excited when we have a, a trip coming up and I start putting together my carry-on bag. I love finding a new book to read on the plane or downloading a movie that I've been looking forward to watching and get that all in my bag along with some snacks and some vitamin C mix because you got to keep your immunity up. That's what I love to do on a plane. Maybe you can relate to me or maybe you are a plane sleeper and you come equipped with your neck pillow and your eye mask and your earplugs and napping is your favorite in-flight activity. Well, have you ever been on a plane and all is smooth and it's going fine and you reading your book, watching your movie, taking your nap and all of a sudden, kablam! It literally feels like someone picks up the plane and slams it back down. Everybody on the plane. And sometimes that's it. One hard bump and you're back enjoying your in-flight activity within moments. Other times, kablam, and bam, and some tips, and some rolls, and some rocks, and this turbulence is just going on and on, and suddenly I am not reading my book, and I am not watching my movie, and my little cup of Diet Coke is now spilled onto my fold-down tray, and my thoughts are racing, and my anxiety might start to mount a little bit, and I'm starting to think, Okay, okay, what's happening here? Are, are we in any danger? Are, are those pilots worried up there? What, it, what, is, what is this? What is this happening? Am I going to really have to use this seat cushion to float? Am I going to have to remember how to put on that life vest, that yellow life? Am I going to have to remember how to, how to inflate it if it doesn't self-inflate? Self-inflate? And I start rummaging in the seat pocket in front of me because I'm going to refresh my memory on the um, emergency exits and exactly what do I do here if we are headed for a disaster. Well, thankfully, <laughs> I've never been in an emergency crash landing. I have never had to use my seat cushion to float, and I have never even had to put on that yellow life vest. Though I do think I would like to try that inflatable rafty boat thingy that comes down off the side of the plane, just not in an emergency situation. <laughs> well, maybe you're on to me kind of where we're headed this morning, but isn't this just like life? Cruising along, 
Got your schedules, got your plans, all smooth, going fine, kablam! Turbulence, storms. They come unexpectedly, seemingly out of nowhere and quite unwelcome. The turbulence of life hits, and uh, if you're anything like me, my thoughts start racing. I start wondering, what is this? What is going on here? What can I do to, is there something I can manage to help calm this down? Are there people I can manage to help calm this down? My kids are over here nodding. Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> the storms of life come usually very unexpected and they can consume our thoughts. They can feel like somebody literally picks up our life and slams us back down. They threaten and even steal our peace. The storms of life can honestly feel quite dangerous. We're going to talk this morning about a simple tool, a strategy that we can use when the storms of life hits. What do we do? And I want to bring this message on the heels of last week's message, which James didn't talk to us last week. If you weren't here last week, you definitely want to go back and listen to that message because he shared the very good and important work that suffering does in our lives and how it helps to like clear out the underbrush, so to speak, so that our roots can grow down deep and so we can grow up strong in our faith and in our character. Even if you were here last week, it was powerful enough and relevant enough to warrant a re-listen. So I, I encourage that, but it's on the heels of that message that I want to bring and just kind of submit to us this morning a simple little tool, a little how. How do we manage? How do we keep going? What do we do when the storms of life hits? I know that in aviation, oftentimes air traffic control will come and alert the pilot to climb and maintain to 35,000 feet, for example. So the pilot, what's interesting, actually has to turn the plane into the wind to help it climb, go to the newer altitude, and then the pilot stays at the newly instructed altitude, maintains, and the turbulence at the higher altitude is often much reduced as the plane flies above the storm. Storm hasn't gone away, storm is still there, but the turbulence now is just a little bit less. Climb and maintain. Interesting that air traffic control has a much bigger picture than what the pilot has. The pilot just sees what's in front of him. Air traffic control can see weather patterns, uh, traffic of other, other aircraft. So they have this grander picture, which is interesting. The destination of the aircraft, it hasn't changed. It's still going to the same destination. It's just the original flight plan. The expected way of getting there has adjusted some. Maybe you're seeing the correlations here. Just like with air traffic control and us, with God and us, <laughs> God, like air traffic control, he sees the big picture. 
He sees our life. He's sovereign over our life. He sees it all. We just see what's in front of us, which is why the storms of life can be so all-consuming. But God, it's like he's inviting us to climb and maintain, to come up and catch a glimpse of his vision, his perspective on our lives. He knows where he's taking us, our destination, the promises of God. Those are sure. Those are secure. Those don't ever change. It's like sometimes we, when, when life feels like it picks us up just to slam us back down again, we've, we get kind of disoriented and think, oh, well, there goes all that. But no, see, God's word and his promises, whatever he has spoken for you and whatever he has for you in your life, that doesn't change in the midst of life storms. In fact, we serve such a powerful God, he uses the storms to do his good work. That's called a God of redemption and a God of hope, and that is the God that we serve. Climb and maintain. Climb and maintain. This is actually a um, little quote that was given in a different sermon by Tyler Perry some years ago. Yes, Medea. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because he had a lot of anxiety when it came to flying, and he addressed his anxiety by taking pilot's lessons. And so it was his personal experience with air traffic controls, climb and maintain instruction that led him to correlate that to his spiritual life. So climb and maintain, we climb with prayer. We maintain with worship. Climb is prayer, maintain is worship. Now, prayer and worship are closely correlated, often go hand in hand, so we're just going to take a minute to just kind of define maybe a little difference there. Prayer is turning our attention to God and talking to God, which helps just lift our focus from the storm to God. Worship is exalting God. Worship is praising God in his goodness and his character and maybe taking a minute to praise him for how we see his character working in our lives. That's worship. So we climb with prayer and maintain with worship. So let's start this morning with prayer. Prayer helps lift our eyes from the storm. We see King David doing this all over in the Psalms. If you know anything about David's life, you know he endured some serious storms. He was abused, rejected, betrayed, deceived. He ran and hid in caves for years for his very life. He also endured some severe storms that were a result of his own sin. How many of you know that the storms that we endure in life come from all different directions and, and sometimes from our own doing? David was not a stranger to that either. And David, we read in Psalm 121, he writes, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord 
maker of heaven and earth. We can just take this verse and make it our own. Lord, I look to you. God, help me to look to you as the storm is raging and threatening my thoughts, consuming me. God, I just look to you because I know that you are where my help comes from. And again, in, in Psalm 123, verse 1, we read, Unto you I lift my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, and the eyes of a maidservant look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy upon us. God, I look to you. Lord, help me to look quickly to you in this and every circumstance. God, have mercy on me and have mercy on this situation. I trust you, Jesus. So prayer helps us lift our eyes from the storm onto him. And prayer helps lift our hearts in trust to him. Psalm 61.2 says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, my heart is so overwhelmed, God. I am full of grief, sorrow, and anxiety. God, would you lead me to the rock that is you? I know that when I stand on your word, God, that my foundation is secure. God, would you bring me peace in this situation? And prayer also invites us to remember. Remembering is such a powerful part of prayer. When has God shown up for you? Speak it out. How has God proven his faithfulness for you? Write that down. When we uh, remember God's faithfulness in past storms in our life, it gives us faith and hope and security in the present storm of our lives. God, thank you for being with me on the freeway last week. God, thank you for providing for me when I didn't think I had enough, God, but you provided and I was able to pay rent. God, thank you for meeting me and opening my heart with your light of truth. When I thought I was going to be overwhelmed by my own shame, God, you met me there and you have shown me your grace. Remembering God, how he has shown up for us is very important. We, we see King David again. He is a great example of this. So many Psalms are spent just kind of recounting God's faithfulness of the past, his mighty right hand, how he miraculously delivered his people. And David spends all this time recounting and writing this all down as a way that he can gird up his own faith for what he was dealing with in the current moment. And we also see the, that God's people in the Old Testament, they would build physical altars with stones of remembrance as a way to remind themselves as they went out from that place and remind future generations of God's great goodness and his faithfulness. We would do so well to just simply record 
the times that God shows up for us, then we can go back and read our own recordings and it can encourage our own faith. And we can use those recordings and we can share it with our families and our communities. It's powerful. Remembering is an important part of prayer. So we climb and maintain. We climb through prayer, letting prayer lift our gaze, lift our hearts, and invite us to remember God's goodness. And then we maintain. We maintain with worship. See, worship helps to steady us. Worship keeps us connected. Lord, I praise you because you are good, God. We, we focus on God and his character because his character doesn't change. We feel so tossed about by the turbulence of life. God's character doesn't change. When we focus on him and we exalt him, it has a steadying effect in our lives. God, you are all-powerful. You are my redeemer. You are my deliverer. You are my fortress. You are my rock, and I stand in the midst of you, God. Worship. Isn't worship music so powerful in our lives? It's like, wow, I love the way that God will bring songs to me that just, like, fit for what I'm going through. There are songs that speak for me as well as speak to me for certain areas and seasons of my life. I, I, I'm sure many of you nod your head if you can relate to the powerful effect of worship music in our lives, to gird our faith, to give us hope, to usher in a tangible sense of God's presence. We're going to read in Psalm 27, verses 5 through 6. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. Worship helps us maintain, keeps us steady as we focus and exalt God's good character, his unchanging nature, his mighty redemptive power. Listen, people of God. I want to share something with you here that is really important. Do you realize that the opportunity that we have to praise God in the midst of turbulent storms, in the midst of our pain, do you realize that that opportunity is fleeting? We will not always have that opportunity. The Bible calls worshiping God in the midst of turbulent storms of our life a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifices are offerings. Sacrifices are intentional and often costly. 
we read in Hebrews 13:15, therefore by him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his great name. Psalm 54, 6, with a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. We are not going to have that opportunity to worship God, to exalt his name, to put our trust in him in the midst of suffering, grief, sorrow, disillusionment, doubt, confusion, all of those things are on this side of heaven alone. In heaven, all is set right, and we will certainly praise God for all eternity, and we will do so from a place of completeness and joy when all is set right. On this side of heaven, now, now is the opportunity that we have to give to Jesus a very unique and precious, often costly gift that we're not going to have that in heaven. It's now. If we miss it now on this side of heaven, we miss it. I don't know about you. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the opportunity to give to Jesus my praise in the midst of storms in my life. I don't want to miss it. I don't think you all want to miss it. It's a precious opportunity. So with that, if it's okay, I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to pray over us as a people and as a house. Jesus, Heavenly Father, our good and gracious God, we come before you this morning and thank you and exalt your name because you are good. And you are worthy of all of our praise all of the time, whether we are in a place of peace or in the place of turmoil. I pray, God, that we would be a house and a people that take advantage of every opportunity to give praise and honor to your name. I bless my brothers and sisters here in this house with strength, courage, willingness, and faith. All that it takes to offer to you and to bring to you a willing sacrifice of praise. So be it. In the name of Jesus. I pray with blessing and hope. Amen. Amen. I am going to share with you as we climb and maintain and we talk about climb and maintain that um, I really believe that God gave me this message to share with you this morning because I really need it right now. <laughs> I encountered some 
strong turbulence in my life the past couple of weeks. And so I get to bring this message to you, not because I'm like cruising on cruise control above my storm and have it all figured out. No, <laughs> far from that. I have clung to this mantra over the last couple of weeks in my own life as I have struggled to climb. And I've struggled to maintain. Being brought back down into the middle of my storm by my own anxious thoughts, by my own weak faith, by my emotions that scream, this is not going well. We're headed for disaster. And in the midst of that, this climb and maintain has been a comfort and a hope, and it has also been a, a place where I've been invited to exercise faith and trust. When I didn't feel like climbing or maintaining, the Holy Spirit would gently remind me to climb and maintain. So I get to bring this message to you with encouragement and hope that yes, Oh, yes, we can climb and maintain in our lives. Yes, when the turbulence of life hits and when it feels like your life has been picked up just to be slammed back down again, we can climb and maintain by prayer and taking our focus off of the storm and onto God and by exalting his goodness and by offering a sacrifice of praise. And... This is an invitation to be very real and honest with God. See, he never expects us to be perfect and to get it right every time. He never expects us to never sink into fear or doubt or confusion or even disbelief. He just wants us. I love the invitation of Isaiah 118 where God says, Come now, let us reason together. It's like God is saying, all those thoughts you have, all those things swirling in your mind, bring it. Bring it to me. Let's talk about it. Let's reason. Let's dialogue. Bring it all to me. C.S. Lewis says, God doesn't want something from us. He just wants us. Jesus says in the Gospels, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me when you are burdened and weary, not after you pull yourself together. Hebrews 4.16 invites us to come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace where we will be met with mercy and help in our time of need. One of my favorite names of God is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shema, he is God in our midst. He is in the midst of me. He is in the midst of you. He is in the midst of our families. He is in the midst of our community, our church, our city, our state, our country, our world. He is Jehovah Shema, the Lord is is there. There is nothing that is outside of his sovereignty. There is nothing that is outside of his gaze. He is God in our midst. So because he is God in our midst, we can climb and maintain. 
He is there with us. And we do this climb and maintain prayer and worship. We do this in our individual faith journeys. We also do this in our families and our close communities. This is where we sharpen one another. This is where we bear each other's burdens. This is where we call each other up. I swear, I am so thankful for the people that are close in my life because my tendency is to death grip the controls of my life when storms hit and I'm just going to manage my way through this storm. And I need people, the people in my life to gently come alongside me and they gently like peel my fingers off the controls and they remind me to fix my gaze on a God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The God that's holding my life. The God that has the destination of my life in his hand. The God whose promises are sure. I'm so thankful for the people who are close to me in my life. We also do this climb and maintain as a corporate house. As a corporate house, we can be a people who climb and maintain together, who fix our eyes on God above the turbulent social climate, above the stormy political storms and climate, above economic unrest, above when it feels like as a community, as a culture, as a, we've been picked up just to be slammed back down and it just keeps coming, these hits just keep on coming. We can be a people who remember God's goodness together, who climb together through prayer. And we can be a people who maintain, who worship together to exalt God's good and faithful and worthy name together as a house and as a people. You know, the longer I am a part of this Antioch Fullerton community and family, the longer I, the more I am impressed in the best way by our leaders. We have leaders in this house who are true, authentic Jesus followers and disciples. I have seen our leaders over and over again do the hard thing to press into their own personal discipleship so that they can disciple us well. I have seen them lay their lives down countless times to serve us well. And I'm just this morning, because I'm standing up here and I can. <laughs> they would never do it up here. Um, I really just want to honor our leaders. Um, they, they are the real deal. And I'm so thankful for how they lead us well. Can we just honor them, please? Our leaders across the board in this house are phenomenal. And I, this morning, I just want to give a real special shout out and thank you to our executive team leadership. So that would be Mark and Crystal Speeder. Jameson and Corinne Kissling. Jordan and Ashley Perez, thank you. Thank you, thank you for serving us well, truly. So uh, as we begin to wrap up this morning, 
I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and just play some quiet music for us. And we're going to take some time and climb and maintain. I'm going to lead us in a quiet time of climbing, of prayer, individually. And then we'll transition from that into a corporate time of exalting God's good and great name together. So just where you are in your seat, if you just kind of get quiet before God. I'm going to invite you, if you're comfortable, to go ahead and close your eyes. What are the storms? What turbulence do you have in your life right now? I know that among us, we have some people that are in the midst of some very real struggles, some deep pain. So just take a minute, think about what are those turbulence are you experiencing in your life right now? bless you with the encouragement of Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there in the midst of whatever storm you find yourself in this morning. Whatever place of turbulence your heart is experiencing, God is in your midst. He never turns a blind eye. invite you to take the gaze of your heart and turn it towards God right now. I'm going to invite you to lift your heart to him in trust and in hope. If you're comfortable, you can even thank God quietly in your own heart or a whisper or speak it out. That's fine too. Tell God how good he is as you fix the gaze of your heart upon him. Thank him for showing up for you in your past. sitting there, fixing the gaze of your heart upon God. Can you feel his gaze upon you? His gaze of love that is not contingent on our actions, on our circumstances. His love just is to come into the midst of that storm and that turbulent place.
if you're not experiencing a lot of turbulence in your life right now, fix your gaze upon your good God and thank him for your many blessings in your life. into a place of maintain, into a place of worship together as a people, as a house. But if you would like to stay in this place of individual prayer with God, please do so. And if you would like prayer this morning, we will have leaders on the side ready and willing and wanting to pray with you. So don't leave this morning if your heart needs a little extra prayer with someone. Please don't leave without getting that. But if you are ready to maintain, I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to stand as a physical representation of standing on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Stand in the midst of a God who is in the midst of you. Stand as a way of faith and proclamation of his goodness. And we're going to enter into a time of worship and exaltation, maintaining together. <laughs> 